Hey, welcome to 49ers After Dark, Before Dark, After Practice, instantly. Grant Cohn, Jesse Naylor, uh, I was there. We have, first, there's things to talk about that are beyond practice that we're going to start with, such as Debo Samuel. Jesse will ask me some questions about practice. Uh, they had the day off tomorrow, so it's a good time to catch our breath. Real quick before we start, if you haven't seen it yet and you're interested in buying silly stuff about quality control or about me or whatever, 49ersqcmerch.com. It's really great. It's made by Tony Culp, who's a, a, a viewer and a participator on the cone phone. Anyway, I just want to point that out. The link is right there. That's enough. Jesse, you look wonderful today. You look phenomenal. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You look great as well in the Iggy jacket. I got to say, how cool is it, though, that you've got a community of people that has just come together to help you with the merch line? I yeah. think it's fantastic. You've got some good artists that are going to be incorporated in the second wave of things. You got people helping you with the website. It just it's cool what this community can do when they rally together. So it's I'd love super to see cool. it. I, I agree. So before we get into um, practice, let's talk about Debo, who is here. It's over. The drama is done. Still, though, yesterday he had his press conference and he was asked, like, why did you request the trade? And he wouldn't he wouldn't say Michael Irvin today was saying that he spoke to Debo and that Debo explained to him why he requested the trade. And out of respect to Debo, he won't say, well, I'm not saying I know for sure. But I've asked around a little bit, and I think from what I've heard, basically Debo's issue was that he wanted to get paid as soon as the offseason started. That was his issue. It was the biggest issue. It was the main issue. It might have been. I mean, once you have one big issue, other things can become issues too. But from what I understand, it wasn't about usage. It wasn't about Santa Clara or California. It was about wanting to get paid right away. And I think he was surprised and offended. When the Niners didn't give him that offer, it's not like, from what I understand, it's not like Parag and the Niners gave him this insulting lowball offer. There was just no offer because the Niners, that's how they do business. They wait until the end. And that's how they did it with everyone. That's how they're going to do it with Nick Bosa next year. And I guess from what I understand, and I could be wrong, Debo just either didn't understand or thought they would create a new precedent for him. And that upset him for a while. And he had to. Calm down, talk to Trent Williams, probably talk, not probably, definitely talk to John and Kyle, I think, after after the draft and before OTA minicamp. That'd be some communication. But when he was asked about this, he didn't say why he requested the trade, but he said, what, what did you learn? He said, uh, patience. Patience. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that, I think the writing's on the wall. That's exactly what it is. I mean, it, it comes down to, he became impatient. He expected yeah. it to go one way. It didn't. And what's crazy is <laughs> I remember, and maybe it didn't get this far, but I remember towards the end of the season, you talked about some advice you had for Debo. Yeah. And that it was going to go a lot yeah. like it did. Yeah. And to just chill. And he yeah. didn't do that. Right. And and I think what happens is, and I think we've all done this just in life in general. You get this idea this grandiose idea of, of what something might be like, right? And sometimes what it might be like is a lot better than what it actually is. And so he starts to look at it and go, well, I could play on the East Coast. I could play in South Beach. I could play here. I could go there. Sounds fun to me. Like, I'm going to request a trade. That sounds like a good idea, right? I'm frustrated. 
I don't need to be here. I'd rather be here anyways. And reality is 49ers is a great organization. The best coach for him, probably in the NFL. Debo would be great no matter where he goes. But I think that it's fair to say that Kyle probably is going to maximize what his skill set is. I think it's a great pairing. And when it was all said and done, he got a deal that was great for him and a deal that was great for the team. Like I look at both sides and say, wow, they really won here. Debo Samuel is going to be 29 by the time that contract expires. He's going to have a second shot at this thing, which if he had gotten a five-year deal, if he had signed day one, likely he would have gotten a five-year deal instead of a three-year deal. And what's happened is over time, the guys that are in his draft class got shorter deals, which I think ultimately benefits him. So I think the patience helped him also win out in this deal. Yeah, um, more more information. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's one hundred percent true, but from what I heard, uh, like, so why? How did the trade request come about? I was speculating that like maybe it was the agent's idea. From what I hear, Debo just ran into Jeff Darlington at an event in Miami. Ran into him. They had a conversation. How's it going? I want to trade. From what I heard, I could be wrong. So it wasn't a grand scheme from Tory Dandy. It just seemed like probably a misstep. Did it cost him? Probably not. He ended up getting the same exact deal as DK Metcalf. It just, did it cost him money? No. But it was public. And I think it probably changes the way a lot of people look at him. Now, he could change. He's 25, 26. He could change. He could grow up, whatever. But it's probably a bad look. It's a bad look. It made, it made him look, I don't know, immature. Yeah, a little bit. I, a little bit. I think I just, so. I, I was but... thinking there was some legit gripe. Like, did John Lynch say something to you? Did Kyle say something to you? Oh, you just wanted your money immediately. Okay, well, okay. Well, I get it. But at the same time, like, I mean, come on. And and I don't I don't think yeah. it's out of line to say he looks a little immature here because Trent Williams alluded to that. Like Trent Williams yeah. basically said, Hey, he's showing maturity by being here. Also, now knowing that way. he Right. Now, right. knowing that he was with Debo a lot of the offseason, sounds like he thought he was being a little immature about the situation. And I also think it's OK to be immature about a situation that you've never run across in your entire life. And this is life changing money. It really is. It, it, it can be if if dealt with the proper way, generational health, uh, wealth. And that's important to him. And, you know, the 49ers. I love, at the end of the day, it was frustrating. I felt like they should have gotten the deal done early as well. But I think, again, they made a deal that was good for both sides. And and it's over now. Like, it's fine. But also, one thing they got out of by, by waiting, they made sure that Debo came in in shape. And, I, you know, that's that has been a thing in the past where Debo hasn't necessarily been in the best of shape. I think they made sure that he came in in shape. I know we're going to talk about that also here shortly. Yeah, you threw me off with that one because uh, that's that's up for debate. Um, but yeah, hold on. I didn't even have the mer- I didn't even have the why Debo Sam requested a trade. <laughs> there we go. There was one more point I wanted to make. I forgot because you threw me for a loop with that one. It's all right though. Uh, we'll come back. Maybe it'll come back to me. What was I going to say about Debo? Probably wasn't worth saying. Grant, don't forget the <laughs> biggest Niners news. East Bay Chris is back. Oh, yeah. East Bay Chris came out of retirement. He yeah, unretired. Yeah. He had unfinished business. That's how you know. 
That's how you know he's got something good up his sleeve is that he had to come out. He could have been hanging out, you know what I mean, in his mansion all day. But no, he's back in the grind. He's back in the in the in the trenches. He made a whole announcement video and everything. That was hilarious. See, Turley says, Grant, how do we become members? I don't see anything on your channel and I'm subscribed. Also, it uh, would be a mod time. How do you do it? Because I don't even know. Okay, here's the tough part. Most people are iPhone users. Yeah. And there's a an issue with Google and Apple where Apple wants a cut of these memberships. And so if you're an Android user, it's right there, right under the video, add membership. If you are an Apple user, you actually have to go onto a computer, go to YouTube and do it that way. That's the only Sorry. way to do it. So Sorry. that's the way it is for Apple users. I had no idea. Um, if Jimmy injures his arm throwing the football on the sideline, would the Niners still have to pay him the $7.5 million? Says two for the money. Yeah. yeah. If, if he's still on the team and he can't pass a physical when they go to release him, sure do. Yeah. And so and so, why is he here? He was here again today. Uh, Lacurious says, remember when Fred Warner waited as long as possible to try to be the highest paid linebacker in the league? Pepper's Farm remembers. But he didn't, right? Darius Leonard waited longer. He did. He outweighed yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is what happens. And, and, and truth be told, I mean... This is what happened in the Debo situation, right? I mean, he was mm. the last one, and he made the most money. I remember what I wanted to say about Debo. Okay, so what I want to say is, like, in his defense, like, because I, what I was kind of alluding to is that, you know, a lot of players have faced this crisis moment, and not crisis, but this pressure, and handled it a lot better than Debo did. I mean, he really handled it worse than anyone in a while. But I don't know where he's from. I don't know what family he's from. Not all players are from the same kind of background. And what I mean from that is some players – get a lot of pressure from the fa family and extended family. Like, Hey man, you know, I've been with you since day one. Are you going to put me on or what? And it's like, some people, some pe people don't have that. Some people have a lot of that. And I have no idea what Debo's facing, but maybe there's some of that, like a whole lot of people with their hand out back where he's from. So maybe that's a different kind of pressure that I can't relate to. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so well, many factors. More. He's good. No, no, it, it really isn't. But, and you know, there is, there's the human element. And like I said, I mean, I mean, there's things that I do every day that I'm like, I probably would handle that different. If I was given a second opportunity, I get it. Like this is the first time he's faced this. I guarantee when he's a free agent and he's 29, if he's still as good as he is, and I fully expect him to be, he's going to handle this situation very, very differently. Uh, yo, Wardell, thanks for becoming a member. All members get a 10% off promo code on the 49ersqcmerch.com. Email me at grantcone at gmail.com or DM me, and I'll let you know how to do that. Okay, thank you very much. Moving on. <laughs> Debo Samuels Fitness. Now, this is totally subjective. They say he's in shape. They don't say what that means. They list him at 215. They want him to weigh 215. He's been at camp the last few days. He wears a T-shirt underneath his He's not exactly like AJ Brown or DK Metcalf. You can't really tell. Um, they're working him in slowly into the action, which is just a prudent thing to do. Can't really read into that one way or another. But I, it's not like he's out there tearing up practices and I can say, oh, yeah, boom, there's Debo from last year. They're being, you know, cautious with him. And I just can't help but notice you can look at pictures. He looks like it. If I had to guess what he weighs right now, I would say between 220 and 225. And I could be wrong. But that's just what it looks like to me. Like, just a smidge over his ideal weight. Was he got a month left? He has more than a month left. 
to get into playing shape. But right now, right now, right now, nah, not to me. The guy who looks like he's in like phenomenal shape is Ayuk. And we'll talk about him later. But just he looks like he's got 6% body fat, super strong, maybe even too strong, but super duper strong. I mean, he looks like he's in the best shape I've seen him. Not so with Debo, but not far off. Does Debo look explosive, though? I mean, I can't say that. Like, yeah, I can't say that. Like, yeah, put it this way. He has his own level of explosive, right? He's still the most explosive player on the field. But like we've seen levels of Debo. And today he had a fade route up the left sideline against Mosley and didn't pull away. Mosley's fast. Mosley's fast, too. But I would expect Debo to, to, to get him. Mosley was right there. Lance put it right over his, over Debo's shoulder, and he dropped it. That has nothing to do with explosion. It just feels like maybe a little rusty. I mean, he had no catches today with the starters. None. Yeah. No catch with the, with, the, with the second team. I guess it's to be expected, but – I don't know. So I, I think it's a little, little overweight. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely say this. I mean, from pictures throughout the offseason, he, he looked a little thicker than usual. But uh, I think yeah. I think it is normal that yeah. he's out of sync. I mean, yeah. quite frankly, it sounds to me like he was probably just doing a lot of conditioning stuff. Right. And yeah. not trying to get hurt. Right. Probably not playing a lot of actual football. And so, you know, it's going to take some time for sure. But that's that's also why it was important to get this deal done as quickly as possible. And they did before the first day of pads, which was fantastic. He was going to be fine. I, I think he's going to be fine. But, you know, he again, he can come in a little thick. And I think that was also maybe a reason why the 49ers had incentive to wait. If they if they had given him the deal done, you know, if if they'd gotten the deal done months ago, how would Debo have come in? And we'll never know that. Maybe it's not even an issue for him anymore. But I think that certainly had to play in the 49ers side of things. Yes. He has more than enough time to get to his ideal playing weight and conditioning, clearly. I think the issue where the issue would come in is if he has a setback in any time. You know, like mm-hmm. he needs to really have a f- smooth uh f- he needs to have a really consistent training camp from here on out. He needs to be just do a little bit more every day because it seems like he's just a little behind. Whereas, you know, some guys come into training camp already in peak condition. He didn't, in my opinion, it's just, and my, it's my amateur opinion. He didn't, but he's not far off. He just needs to use this training camp to get there. So you can't miss a week. You can't miss two weeks because then it could snowball. Mm. And again, maybe I'm just being, I'm Jewish. I worry. I look at something I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. He's seven pounds over. Well, oh my God. But maybe I'm just projecting my own insecurities on him. I don't know. I feel like I'm seven pounds over. It's really hard to say. I'd like to know what someone else thinks of Debo Samuel's uh, fitness. I'd like to get a poll. But deep down, I feel he weighs 223 pounds and a half. <laughs> 223 and a half. Yes. That half's important. Roughly. I get it. Yeah, yeah. roughly. Give or, give or take on the Grant Ice scale. I like it. No, okay. I listen. It, and he may be. He may be a, a little bit, a little we'll bit see. out of shape, right? But I, I don't think, as long as he doesn't get hurt, that's the biggest thing. Because you're right, if he has to miss time, even if it's something small, missing time means you're not getting in shape, and then it could linger into the season, and then all of a sudden it's week five before you really start to see Debo be Debo. You, you know, you just don't want those things to happen. I get it. He's a phenomenal athlete, one of the best athletes in the league, if not the best. He's a great athlete. 
when he came to the team, I was surprised at how thick he was. And he wears like a like a t-shirt, like one of those college basketball players who's not in the greatest shape. Like I was always surprised, like, wow. And you're a great athlete. But like I always figured, you know, if you become a serious, serious all pro, most players kind of lose the college body and sort of get it. I don't know. He never did. He still has the same body. And that's, I guess, who will always be, which is kind of amazing when you compare him to other wide receivers. But it works for him. It works for him as long as he doesn't pull his hamstring. Yeah, and I, and I think there are just different body types, right? Again, and I talk about this a lot. I'm an MMA guy, but Daniel Cormier was a light heavyweight and heavyweight champion. He was always pudgy, no matter how hard he worked. But when you compare him, he was like 5'11", well overweight, always had a belly on him. Yeah. He fought a guy named John Jones who's six foot four, has brothers in the NFL, looks the part. Yeah. John Jones can't dunk a basketball. Daniel Cormier can, right? Yeah. Like he, some people just have that natural athleticism, but their body doesn't seem to fit that athleticism. I think that's where Debo's at a little bit. I think he's always going to be, a, a, it's always going to be hard to lose that baby fat, but it really doesn't matter because the athleticism is through the roof. Yep. Absolutely. Anyway, I'm not trying to get anyone panicked. It's just my initial observation uh, more than a month out from week one. Sure. Love y'all, says Lorenzo. Lorenzo Pinto. Thank you, Lorenzo. Love y'all. Love you too. We got one more from, hold on, Rajbeer. Almost everyone in and around the teams, the teaming as saying this is the best D in the league. Thoughts? Well, they're going up against a really questionable offensive line that's making them feel really good about themselves right now. Um, they'll, they'll have to need – I don't know about that, but I think they're in the running. They're definitely in the running. We're going to talk about that and the, the rest of their roster in a minute, but let's talk about – so we'll come back to that question. We'll give you a better answer in a little bit. Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you think the plan for him is at this point? He was at Now every day he comes out and throws in front of the media and we're not allowed to take the video. I think we should be allowed to take the video. Like, if you want to get a trademark, let me put it on my YouTube channel and let's let people decide how your arm looks. But no, they won't let me do it. They won't let anyone do it. So videos are making the rounds anyways because fans are taking. Oh, yeah, fans. No rules for fans, but media, we have a strict policy. But. Which is fine. I mean, wouldn't you want video out there of him throwing? That's what I said. (laughs) Isn't that a win to get it out there of him throwing? I feel like it's a win. Right. Yeah, I don't get that. So that's a little weird to me, right? And there are some questions. Some people say the velocity is there. I saw your video. You said not so much. But either way, you really can't tell from a video, right? It it is harder to tell from a video. Unless you just have amazing arm strength like Trey does, that comes across. But if you have an average arm anyways, it's going to show the same. So you want to show him throwing. I would think if the plan is to try to trade him, at this point, I have one question for you, and I'll ask that in a second. But as far as trade partners go, Cleveland has to be it. Like, Cleveland has to be the team. And I know that I've gone back and forth on this. A couple weeks ago, I said Cleveland was a team. But then the Deshaun Watson ruling came down or the talks came down, and it seemed like he was only going to get a few games, which he basically did. But now they're talking about an indefinite suspension. The NFL is coming over the top. They're going to try to get an indefinite suspension. Jimmy just makes too much sense for a team that can afford his full salary. 
without moving a single dime. It's a perfect fit for Jimmy. It's a perfect fit for the Browns. It just seems like a no-brainer. That has to be the team. But the question I have for you is, if they aren't allowing these videos to surface or they're trying to limit them, how else do they showcase Jimmy? And does it get to a point where they actually have to play him during the preseason? I mean, I don't know that, that they really need to showcase him. I mean, I guess the way I'm looking at it is coming back to your Cleveland point. I think what the Niners are betting on here is that Deshaun's going to get suspended for the entire year. I think that's their bet here. And if that happens, I think they feel like the Cleveland has no choice. Um, maybe they don't. But I think a lot of people felt, well, you know, the NFL, they'll give maybe half the year. I think the Niners are feeling like <laughs> baloney. There's going to be so much outrage when Judge Sue Robinson gives her initial six games or whatever. And there's going to be so much pressure on the league to make the, to extend it. So when they do, they'll be the good guys. Which is funny. If Judge Sue Robinson had just said 17 games off the off the top, would people be outraged at that and said, wait a second, guy was wasn't even charged. And would there be pressure the other way? I don't know. But all of a sudden, all they got to do is say yes to the, you know, every, all the public pressure asking for more more games in the suspension. It seems like the Niners are like, there's no way they can get away with less than a full season. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it feels like now. That's what they're pushing for indefinite. Then maybe it goes to the courts and it ends up a full whatever, whatever that situation is. It's a messed up situation. But the silver lining for 49er fans is that is a clear cut team now for Jimmy Garoppolo to go to. And it, it makes so much sense on so many levels. They run a very similar offense. They have coaches that are in a situation that they need to win. Hell, Cleveland needs to win and i don't know if there's a better face that you can get to bring on to your team as the quarterback when you've got a whole messed up situation with Deshaun watson going down jimmy garoppolo can come in he can sell merch he can be a bit of a savior and they can move on a little bit until watson is able to play probably next year i, I think it would be a perfect fit pr wise for them as well yeah, I mean it all it all depends on what the NFL decides to do. Um they're very sensitive about looking like they're doing the right thing ever since Ray Rice. They blew it so hard on Ray Rice. I think they feel they can't be seen as being too lenient on this. So now all of a sudden everyone's saying, you know, you're being too lenient on this. Extend it. And I think they might say, "Okay. As long as everyone says we're doing the right thing and everyone support us." I mean it's a hard, it's a tough one. It's tough to find out, to figure out what the right thing to do is when he wasn't even charged with anything, but you have 30 people. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's tough. Judging, it seems yeah. like this, this could be a way to sort of have, have it both ways, have a light initial thing and then extend it. I don't know. It, it, the whole situation is weird, but it sounds like it's going to come down quickly. Like we should know within the next week what the real suspension is going to be. And then let's see what happens with Jimmy. Like that's that's what we gotta wait for at this point. Seth Harvey says week one, Niners win 35-10 over the Bears. Sorry, Fields. Wow. The 49ers traditionally start out slow. Like yeah. under Shanahan, the offense in particular starts out slow. They should win that game. Last year they they kind of exploded on the scene. They put up a lot of points, a lot more than what people probably expected. 
I think Shanahan's going to try to come out and make a statement with Lance. I would not be shocked if they come out, play one, play action deep, just to try to set the tone on the season. And you've heard Shanahan talk about it a little bit, how they want to get off to a fast start. They can't afford to wait around like they did last year and make a late season push. I, I think he's got a statement he wants to make. That Niner guy says, Grant, you're probably the last person the Niners want posting a video and talking uh, more about Jimmy's arm strength. Ha, 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 <laughs> um, Okay, this is the way I look at it. You could either have me post a video, no comment, so you can see for yourself Jimmy Garoppolo throwing, or you can have me interpret it for you. I didn't. I wasn't impressed. That's my. That's what I say. Or you could. It's like it seems better if you just have the video out there. Yeah, I mean, two two things are going to happen, right? If you're given the video, first of all, you're just going to post the video by itself with music, like you always do, and then you're going to come in and do shows and give your opinion about said yeah. video. But it is going to be separate from the video itself, where people can make their own opinions of what's actually happening. To me, he's like trying to conceal the fact that he's not throwing his hardest. He's not like lining up, dropping back and throwing like 30 yards, 40 yards, 50. Like he's he's doing a lot of like throwing on the run, which looks cool, but those are really short throws. And then he was doing like throwing really high, like trick shots. And then he was doing a lot of like bouncing the ball on the turf. He's really he can bounce a football. Like a basket. It's a very, he's got, he's like an and one quarterback. <laughs> and like, one volume never. On the field, it's like, dude, are you rehabbing or are you messing around? What is this? You're supposed to be building arm strength and playing long toss. And he's like, rolling left. Dude, you don't roll left in games. What are you? I'm sorry. I don't understand. It seems like he's just, it feels like he's killing time, killing time, which is, I guess, fine. I mean, they cleared him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, cleared. <laughs> he's cleared. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, no, we, it, it does seem him? a little weird. No, he's rehabbing. But you cleared him. True. But he's rehabbing. <laughs> okay, okay, I don't get it. All right, I don't get it. Fine. The whole Jimmy thing, I just don't get. I tap out. So Sean he's healthy, said, but rehabbing. <laughs> All right, got it. Okay. Sean says, a stout pass rush can even make a uh, Hall of Fame quarterback look bad. Are there any real options for the online right now, or do we have what we have? I'm kind of worried. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing. Like, think about it this way. Remember what Dak Prescott looked like against this defense in the playoffs? Dak's the top 10 quarterback in the league. Trey's not. So it's it looks worse than that at this point. He's under siege. Debo isn't really uh, involved yet. Kittle had the day off. It's Ayuk against the world right now. Jennings just went an entire week without getting a catch. When I say week, three, three, three straight catches, uh, three straight uh, practices. So it's not it's not all Ayuk's fault at this point. Um, but yeah, this defense does really make good quarterbacks look bad. Matthew Stafford didn't look that great against this defense. No. And this defense didn't have Javarius Ward either. So good point. C Turley says, shaking my head, Grant. There's hella Jimmy stands in the chat today. They're obsessed with his jawline and their love for him doesn't seem to be football. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed. I thought it was funny. It kind of got funnier as it went. Uh, Crisotto seven, 17 says reports on Trubisky and Pitt are also bad thoughts. It's another good defense. He's also not good. So there's that. There's the combination I, I of him not being good and them being good. I, I think that a lot of people are trying to put Jimmy on Pittsburgh because of that. But I just feel like 
if Pittsburgh wanted Jimmy, they're a smart organization. They would have done so already. They just drafted a quarterback in round one. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. Matthew says because Stone Cold Grant said, Cone so. said so. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Brian Lester says, what about Jordan Matthews? Do you think he will make? No. He had a few catches the first few days, but no. He plays with, their, with the third string. No. The guy who might is Tanner Hudson. Hudson and Croft are two guys who might. I'm not so sure Charlie Warner is going to be healthy week one. I haven't seen. He just he just jogs on the sideline. He's, he might be a pup guy. He might be pup and guy. Nothing from Dwelly, huh? He's just, I haven't heard a single solitary thing about Dwelly. Yeah, I'm done hyping up Dwelly. Nothing against Dwelly, but they don't use him, so what's the point? That's he's the same guy he's always been. They should probably let him go somewhere else because they're never going to use him. But they like, no, we need him for special teams. <laughs> we need yeah. his blocking. It's so <laughs> important. I'm like, okay. Zade says, breaking news, Jimmy G is still on the team. The story behind that is when the pandemic first started and I first started doing these daily videos because of Sports Illustrated, uh, a lot of like Kron, Kron locally, like didn't have much content. People didn't have much content. People weren't going into the, couldn't go into the studio. So hit me up and they're like, hey, can we run your videos on our, on our channel? I was like, wow, that's desperate. But yeah, absolutely. Like these videos are awful, but go for them. Go for it. And he was like, here, I'll give you, I'll give you like, I can't pay you, but I'll give you these, this little intro outro music. I was like, if he only knew how much mileage I got out of that, it was so much more than any money he could have paid me. Thank you so much, K-R-O-N, for that. I love that. That's awesome. I don't know how he made it. It's so tacky, but it's so great. Matthew Sanders says, any possibility that Fred and Ayuk fight with some kind of, no. I, he baited Ayuk for, no. No. That's the thing. Like he's trying to sound like Fred Warner is trying to make it sound like, oh, you know, um, this is just me sort of being a big brother trying to get the best out of Ayuk. You knocked Marcus Johnson to the ground. It had nothing <laughs> to do with Ayuk. Now, now, now it was. It did have everything to do with Ayuk actually, because Ayuk was the one standing up for the offense, and and Warner knew it. So what happened was when he knocked Marcus Johnson over, he immediately looked at Ayuk like, "What are you going to do about it?" Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing that gets lost in the shuffle. Everyone talks about the fight between Ayuk and Warner. What about Marcus Johnson? Marcus Johnson's on the ground. So it's not funny. Marcus Johnson's on the ground. Didn't get up right away. He, he was shaken up. And that's why Ayuk was right. You don't do that to your teammates. doesn't matter yeah. if you're the captain or everyone thinks you're a good guy. You're wrong. And a lot of coaches would kick you out of practice. Not for the uh, whole week, but for that day. And they didn't. So Ayuk had to do what he had to do. I'm on I'm on team Ayuk for that. Fred, you know you were wrong. Yeah, I. That, <laughs> you know you were Fred's wrong. chippy, man, and and I I can imagine being on the other side of the flexing and the jump Dude, into a flex like he does. Nathan flexes on him in practice. Like, come on, yeah. Fred. Yeah, that's not kosher. I, I can imagine that would get a little annoying. Yeah, <laughs> he's the only guy who does stuff like that. Honestly, knocks over his own teammates and flexes on him. If if you knock over your teammate, you're supposed to be like, oh, my bad. Let me help you up. We don't do that in practice. He's like, yeah, get some. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Come on, Fred. Come on. But Fred, but see, the thing is, is I I think I understand it because I feel like Fred's doing that for himself. Like he's not yeah, doing it exactly. to try to be a jerk. He's trying exactly. to get himself up. That's exactly. he he has to play that way. And I understand it. I respect it. But being on the other side of it, super annoying. Because he didn't, it's almost kind of fake. 
because he wasn't that way in college or his freshman year. Oh, his freshman, his rookie year. I think, I think Salah probably sat him down or D'Amico or whoever and was like, look, man, you got to get a whole lot meaner. You are a finesse line because he's a safety. You are a yeah, finesse sure. linebacker. You were getting dragged around the field. You got to get bigger and meaner. And he came back with a whole different mentality. I think the person he got it from was Quan Alexander. Quan mm-hmm. was a little bit like that. He wouldn't hit hit his teammates, but he was loud. He was loud. He would talk a lot of shit. Yep. And I mean, they the coaches loved it. And I think Fred Warner was like, "Oh, like he's like, you signed him because of that. I can do that. I can be. I can have that persona." And so he's taking. <laughs> you can be a trash talker. Yeah, I can do that yeah. shit, absolutely. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Chef. DM me for that promo code. Saul, what's your expectation for the O-line this season? Oh, you don't want to know, man. <laughs> My expectation is they're going to add some people to it because I don't know that they have a starting center at this point. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, I don't know that it's a finished product. Breaking news, Jimmy. Did I not get that already? Zade, thank you. That was someone else, I think. Only team. It's 9-11-2022. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the 49ers. Man, I'm going to have to make a video later. I'm, I'm going to have to call some sources and see what I can find out about it. <laughs> Toby Rivera says, I enjoy watching you keep the good work. Really excited to see Trey and Brandon uh, look up in the regular season. Here's something real quick about um, Brandon. He is making these like acrobatic Michael Jordan full extension. Not Michael Jordan, but like he looks like Jordan. I like, got like the legs out and the arms up every day. He can make he looks like he's way taller than he is. I know that was the book on him coming out, but he's doing it now. He's using every inch of his reach. And it really shows the difference between him and Debo because Debo can't do that. And Ayuk is making these catches in the end zone. Like he, he could do what Crabtree couldn't do. He can really catch these fades in the end zone. Uh, he's It's a really nice part of Brandon Ayuk's game. Just want to put that. You know what it reminds me of? Remember what? Brandon Lloyd? Yes. They're like the same size. They're around oh, six geez. foot, 200 pounds. Yeah. Like they, you know. I don't think I Brandon Lloyd was. Anymore. I think I used to ten. He's huge. He probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lloyd was definitely a little slimmer for his whole career, yeah. but talk about body control. Jeez. Ayuk has it, man. He's a really good route runner, really good, uh, really good body control. And, and the, the hands are crazy. Um, a couple more. Corey Wiggs, Jordan Matthews towards ACL. He did. Wow, that's awful. I feel so that bad. He just spent the last three years of his life. Trying- that sucks. That's what sucks about being a professional athlete. You know, just like something happens one day, like oh, can't do this anymore. That's it's like if I all of a sudden I it's terrible. Sorry, that wasn't that deep. C. Turley says Jimmy G will have a great career in the XFL. Did you hear Jordan Matthews towards ACL? Apparently, he just towards ACL. It's terrible. Sorry to hear that. Sorry, Jordan. Good luck. Keep fighting like Jason Verrett. Sucks. Ryan says, honestly, it's a dub for Fred to be this way. And I don't think it's fake. It's just he knows he's an all-pro linebacker, best best in the league. The team will love that attitude when the season starts. I don't know. Yeah. I mean. There's a line. He, I don't think he needs to cross it. I don't think he needed to knock Marcus Johnson over. What did Marcus Johnson do? He's not going to make the team. Who is Marcus Johnson? That was just like, <laughs> you know, crossfire. Like, dude, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. I think Ayuk's balling out, so it worked. I never said anything, but the fact that Ayuk is so pissed, I'm like, yeah, yeah, say something, Brandon. Tell him. I'll be right behind you. (laughs) Listen, one thing I will say about Fred Warner, 
is it seems like he does know how to get the best out of his teammates because he was a big catalyst, it sounds like, for Trey taking a lot of chances in practice and kind of turning it around towards the tail end of last year. And then he's been talking a lot of crap to Ayuk. Ayuk, it, I may be wrong, but I feel like he started out a little slow. And I feel yeah. like you talked about True. how, man, like this is supposed to be the year that he breaks out. I'm not necessarily seeing it. Well, you're seeing it now. And a lot of that has to do with that little rivalry. So say what you want, but it works. It's true. Look, maybe Fred Warner is doing 40 chess and he's bringing out the best in Ayuk because Jimmy Ward said today, well, we're going to talk about it, but call him the best player in camp other than Bosa. But again, you really needed to knock out Marcus Johnson to do this. Like, what did Marcus do? Marcus seems like a totally nice person. I don't understand. I think Marcus didn't deserve that. Uh, a reporter, Sean says a reporter asked Kyle if the backup quarterback should have similar traits to the starter. He started talking about Nate Sudfeld's 40 time. So I think Nate is the fastest 40 on the team. No, he runs a 4.93. I looked it up. What are you talking about, Kyle? <laughs> Dad's gonna win the I remember that. Maybe. I remember that. I hope Rita Oak draws and one, Jimmy. <laughs> That's a good visual. Like hot sauce or something, yeah. Yeah. The voice professor. ad agency says, is uh, Trey Lance having up and down days because he's not playing it safe? Yes. Is he really testing his arm to the fullest? Again? Yes. He threw nine passes today. Four were deep. So, I mean, two were dropped. Forward deep. It's kind of like that as opposed to Nate Sudfeld, who's like, where's the running back in the flat? Boom, immediately. Where's the running? Where's the tight end? It's like, okay, great. But I mean, he, Nate Sudfeld threw a three yard pass to, to Tanner Hudson today on third and nine. It's like, what are we, why'd you even practice that? How could, what, what, what was the point? <laughs> why would you even practice that? I understand I, maybe I, doing it in the game because you're so terrified of like being judged or whatever, but it's practice, dude. What? You're practicing. Doing the wrong I thing. really, I really do feel like, and I had, I went back and I watched it yesterday and reposted it. The Fred Warner interview where he talked about bringing that out of Lance and telling Lance, like, you're not giving us good looks because you're not taking yeah. any chances. Like, yeah. yes, you're being perfect and that's yeah. awesome, yeah. but you're being too conservative. Make mistakes. It's okay. And then they started to see him open up and make these crazy throws. Yes. If that conversation never happened, I almost got to wonder how good Trey Lance would look from a standpoint of he would be completing a lot more passes. And we would be talking about, Oh my gosh, Lance looks so good. He's so accurate. He's this, he's this, he's this. And then when the season came, we'd be like, this ain't it. Like, this is not at all yeah. what we saw. Yeah. He's not, you know what I mean? He's not taking chances. He's not making big time throws. He looks a lot like Jimmy did Yeah, with, with some legs. Right. And so, him making these mistakes is probably good for his overall growth. I love that he's taking these chances and working outside of his comfort zone and willing to make some mistakes and figure out what does and what does not work in the NFL. He's a surprisingly good deep thrower. I thought he was supposed to have, be inaccurate down the field, but he is throwing dimes down the field. So just wanted to put that out, point that out. San Fran 49er fan, thank you. Norman Sullivan, thank you for becoming a member. Uh, we're going to get back to our topics now hold on there was someone else too ant-man felix i missed you but thank you for becoming a member i'll see if i can put you on the screen all right jesse do you think this is the best team on paper of the shannon lynch era and i you know what i i've gone back and forth on this one and i talked about this on my show yesterday and i i really didn't know how to answer it because i I wanted to say yes, and then I was like, wow, 2019 was really good. 
But just on paper, I, I think it has to be Grant because I'm trying to put myself in the 2019 mindset. 2019, Bosa was a rookie. Debo was a rookie. Before the season, where did this team stand? We didn't know what we were going to get from those guys. We thought they were talented, but we didn't know how great they would be ultimately. Staley was in the tail end of his career. He certainly is no Trent Williams. Fred Warner was not all pro Fred. Like he was up and coming Fred. Mm -hmm. Kittle had a really good year, but it was just, you know, there was, there was a lot of things and Richard Sherman was aging. I just, I feel like there was a lot of question marks on that team. And Jimmy G was coming off of an ACL. Like I, I just feel like there was a lot of question marks on that team. We didn't know who Mostert was yet. And of course, looking back on it, saying, man, that was a really good team. It was stacked. Look how good all these players were. Look at how good this guy you're, turned you're out. You're talking about like t- like the 2019 team, like in August. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and so like I'm trying to look at this from like a power ranking standpoint. Like if I was in a power rank this team versus every other team that the 49ers have had in the Shanahan Lynch era, power ranking them preseason, where would I put this team in this roster? I think I would have to say it is the best because the secondary stout, we know the linebackers are established. We know what Nick Bosa is. We know that Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the game. We know that Debo's coming off of a, an amazing season. Ayuk's like there's really outside of the interior of the offensive line, there's almost no question marks on this team. Sure, we can say Trey, but I mean, I feel as good or better about Trey right now than I did Jimmy come on, coming off of a torn ACL. So. I think it is the best team on paper. Okay. Um, I, I I disagree, but you made some good points. Let me let me see three big guys they, they don't have anymore. They lost. First of all, Buckner. That's a big loss. Also on offense, Lake and Tomlinson, West and Richburg. Those are three losses. Those were three good players entering that season. And now, like, you've definitely downgraded at all three spots. You have upgraded at quarterback, though. I mean, you've upgraded at wide receiver. Um, but the offensive line, not having – like, this team doesn't have a starting center. I don't think they have a starting center. They may get one. You know, like like the 2019, they got Emmanuel Sanders. That team went into week one with uh, Marquise Goodwin and Dante Pettis getting all the starting reps in, in camp. Like, they had to figure it out. But those are three losses that make me question. I mean, I don't even pick this team to make the playoffs, so it's hard for me to say they're the best team they've had on paper – I think Buckner was pretty special. Uh, Tomlinson was above average, and so was Richburg. I think that's fair. I want to. I want to go and look at all of it, though. Real quick. Also, Mostert so, was so good that year. He was. So he was, good. but we did. But he wasn't the starter. That. Remember, we yeah. didn't know that. We didn't no, know that he was so the ace up their sleeve. He was almost like the Debo of last year. For so sure. Good. Yeah. For sure. And yeah. we'll see if they have that again this year, or if they even need it. But also, let's not forget. Jimmy Ward still was an inconsistent player at the time. Mm-hmm. And we weren't sure about opposite of, of Sherman and what it was going to look like. Witherspoon certainly wasn't what going into that season, what Mosley is now. I just, I feel like these players right now are very established. We know what every player is across the board, even the weaknesses. We pretty much know that this offensive line is going to be an issue, right? But we know that. We didn't know what the strengths were necessarily going to be in 2019. That season took mostly everybody by surprise, right? And so I just, I don't know, man. This team is really freaking.
good on paper. Really good. And the NFC is also not that great. It's not that great. It's very top heavy. So we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. But I, I have a good feeling about this team. They have two really young players at guard. Um, both have talent. I actually feel like Burford's more gifted than Banks. Burford looks like a tackle and he's doing well. Like he's started every day at, uh, at right guard for the 49ers. They really like him. So he might be like the biggest surprise, but I still feel like, I don't know what, I don't know about banks and um, I don't know about Brendel or Brunskill. We'll have to see there. Brunskill seems to do terribly in training camp and then somehow get it together for the season. Since Hafunga is really good at guarding tight ends slash slot, we see him play more nickel and Jimmy Ward play more single high. Says Jad is Jat. Uh, is he really good at covering? I don't know about that. Um, I'm not sure about that. I, you know, what's funny is that Hafunga didn't even start today. Moore did. Moore did. My guy Moore. I've been yeah. trying to say all offseason he was going to be the starter. Nobody believed I, me. No. People, I think, <laughs> I, I assume Hafunga was like getting that job, no questions asked, but because he was getting all the reps and minicamp and stuff, but more was coming off an injury and they've been real slow with him. And as he gets healthier and healthier, I mean, he's such a better athlete than Hafunga. And if he can like tackle well enough, I mean, he plays special teams. He does tackle. It's not that he's afraid of contact. He just has taken bad angles in the past. So we'll see. He obviously gives you more in the, in coverage than Hafunga does. Yeah. And, and again, they did play a lot of three safety last year. They do. They still do that. So, they still do that. that. You know, you need a third guy, whether Hafunga is the starter, you still need a third guy to emerge. And I think more certainly could be that. All right. You want to ask me about Brandon? Ayuk? Yeah, I got, I got a lot of questions here for you. So Brandon, Ayuk certainly has kind of stolen the show. It sounds like from everybody that's reporting fans that are there again, started out slow. Is he as good as advertised? Like, can this guy be a number one receiver on a team in the NFL? Do you believe that from what you're seeing? I think he's doing it right now. I think he's been the number one receiver all at camp. Debo hasn't been there. I mean, Kittle, Kittle's uh, good, but I, I think it's Ayuk is obviously better than Kittle at this point in their careers. Like Jimmy Ward said it today. He said Ayuk's the best player in camp other than Bosa. He's and Jimmy Ward's great. He's so honest. He is so good at playing safety and covering tight ends. He doesn't even do that in one-on-ones. He does. He, he uh, warms up with the corners and covers wide receivers. Wide receivers. And he takes tough matchups. He goes against Ayuk. <clears throat> he says, I haven't beaten him once. I can't beat him. I mean, Ayuk will spin him around. Ayuk is that good of a route runner. <laughs> and I think, like, <clears throat> he's, shown the, he's shown the ability from a very young age. But to be the best, you have to be an obsessive competitor like Debo. Uh, and he hasn't shown it. And I, I guess you could say that this whole fight with Fred Warner is bringing it out of him. But he's had it consistently the last few, uh, the last week. And he's looking like a number one wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, like, Traverius Ward can't cover him. Maynard Mosley can't cover him. And even if you're, here's the thing about Ayuk. He's not super fast. So you might be all over him down the field. But all of a sudden, like, he jumps up and has these crazy long arms. And makes these ridiculously difficult catches way far away from his body. So that's tough, too. I mean, he's pretty, even when you got him, you don't got him. He's tough at the catch point. And Super he, tough. you know, listen, 
I'm not, I'm certainly not comparing them to these guys because they were elite. But when you look at guys like Steve Smith, who was extremely undersized, he won the 50 50 ball on a regular basis. He made a whole career out of it being undersized. And IU seems like he can do that, but also he can get open. Yes. I mean, wide open sometimes. Like he runs routes where you're like, there's no defender anywhere near him. Jimmy just doesn't throw his way, and it is what it is. Like, I, I don't know. He did man. that today in the, in the one-on-ones in the red zone. He did it to Jimmy Ward. I mean, he could do it. He he gets, like, clean separation. off. It's hard to press him. Yeah, He's just so – he doesn't explode off the line. But if you give him – if he's in the red zone, he takes his time. He gets a clean release. I mean, he's a really good red zone receiver. Again, when I say he's not super fast, he's not a 4-3 guy. He's probably not even a 4-4 guy. And I don't know that he's a necessarily like a deep threat, but uh, in the intermediate levels, deep out, uh, deep in, comeback. Yeah, I mean, he's really freaking good. And also, like, he's not as good on at slants as Debo. He's not going to break a bunch of tackles, make a bunch of guys miss after the catch, but the route that he ran is better than Debo's. The dig route is better than Debo's. And again, like if you miss, which Lance isn't exactly pinpoint with his ball placement all the time. I mean, Ayuk is the guy you want to miss with because he can do all the jumping, contorting, all the, the circus catches. Not that Debo can. It's just I. no one can do it like Ayuk on this team. No one. That's what he brings to the table. And and ultimately, you know, if he gets as open as he does sometimes in the intermediate levels, he really can be the deep threat. Just after the catch right because he's so open that it's like okay well now what i remember the game against arizona when it was like i forget what it was it was like second and 20 or something like that it was i think in the in the third quarter and lance just threw a 50 50 ball to him and he came down with it and then broke multiple tackles and got a first down i was like whoa that was incredible yeah i just feel like i you can make a whole career out of that like that's how he wins no doubt. There, like, there's what I'm talking about is uh, with his speed with today. The first target to him from Lance was a play action corner route. So picture um, Ayuk with like a tight split running down the field and breaking off toward the sideline at an angle toward the pylon. <clears throat> That's a deep route. Mm-hmm. And he did have a step on Traverius Ward, a step. And Lance threw it out there and overthrew him. Now you could say that's a bad throw, but a true deep threat. You can't you can't out you can't overthrow a true deep threat, right? Like a true deep threat has that extra gear and can get underneath it. Maybe Danny Gray can do that. That's not Ayuk. So I, that's why I call him. He's not a true deep threat. He will catch deep passes, but he just doesn't have that extra gear with the ball in the air um, that maybe Debo has, maybe Gray has. Although Debo didn't have it today, Debo doesn't have it right now. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. You know. What I'm yeah, talking absolutely. About. No, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. And that's you know that's probably why Gray was brought in to. Be on this team because they no don't have that exactly. Ryan Starr says Trey Lance effect. Just watch DN on Debo uh, TD run against Dallas. Okay, I will. Thank you for the two dollars, Ryan. I promise. He gave me a homework assignment, but we gave also gave me two dollars. I can do that. The Trey Lance effect. I have to go back and watch film. I don't know the play, but I believe you. Yeah. He's. I think he's basically saying that the defense, the defensive end gets stuck. Like where, go. where do I go? Right. And, Freezes them just enough to make a lot of room for whoever is at the mesh point, whether it's Debo, Mitchell, whoever. Once the Niners really establish Trey Lance as a running threat, once they get him and Debo and all kind of different 
reactions. It's going to be great. Mark F says, is the connection Lance to Ayuk? Uh, if the connection Lance to Ayuk is for real, will Kyle call plays to let BA be the wide receiver with the most catches after playing, paying Debo this season? Well, I don't know what Kyle plans, but I do know that from that Ram that first Rams game on last year, Ayuk had more catches and receiving yards than Debo last year. So it's already sort of happened. Who knows? Yeah, I don't I don't think Shanahan cares. Like, I think yeah. he's going to do what's best for the team. And the other thing that's interesting about the 49ers is if they have a player that's close to hitting incentives, they usually tend to pay him, even though they don't have to. They did it with Sherman a couple of years back. They've done it with some other players. So if Debo misses some incentives that he was close to because they decided to force feed Ayuk down the stretch or whatever that looks like, they're not stingy with their money. Like that's one thing that they've done a good job of is taking care of their players in those situations. So, but ultimately he's doing what's best for his team to win. And Ayuk might be the best peer receiver on this team. Um, yeah. Also, like he and Debo do other do different things better. Like mm -hmm. if you have an in-breaking route, you probably want Debo running that because that's yak opportunity and he's the best yak guy in the game. Outbreaking route, well, you got to catch the ball near the sideline. I mean, you might want Ayuk because he's got those long arms and there's not as much of a yak opportunity. You just got to just get big and you know, win the route and catch. You got to win the route and win at the catch point. He can do that. So it kind of depends what it is. Like a screen, yeah, you want Debo. If, if you depends, you know. Yeah. In absolutely. red zone, you want Ayuk. For, on, there's a reason that Debo morphs into a running back in the red. He's not a great red zone. He's probably better than probably could be better if he got more opportunities. But you can see what Kyle thinks of him. He's like throwing Jennings. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're gonna run the ball, bud. Exactly. Um, life of Kent, thank you very much. Crisotto 17 says, let's not forget Brandon Ayuk had all pro digs on skates. He's really good, dude. He had Javarius Ward on skates today. Hella good. I mean, it's the kind of stuff. Basically, he's like, he's a little bit like Crabtree. I used to think he was like I like Amari Cooper, but Cooper runs a 4-4. He's more like Crabtree. Like he's like a faster, slightly smaller Crabtree. I think. He's like if Crabtree and Brandon Lloyd. Made a receiver, baby. And he was super tough. He was strong. Um, Crabtree was hella good. He just had injuries that I didn't have. I was faster than Crabtree, for sure. For sure he is. But yeah. I, he, I, I, Crabtree could put people on skates, and I never understood how he would do it. Because it's like, man, he's jogging. Come on. But he <laughs> would really had this he had this like funky pace to his game in one-on-ones. He would get people spinning. It's like, and he didn't even look like he was sweating. It was very impressive. Very impressive. Michael Crabtree. Um, all right, next question. All right. So you said that you're worried about the interior offensive line. Yeah. You think they should bring in another center. Yeah. But let's assume that that's not something they decide to do. Yeah. Who do you think is ultimately going to start day one? Brunskill or Brendel and why? Oh, if it's only between those two, it's Brendel. I don't think Brunskill is a center. I mean... How many positions does do you expect the guy to play? He's played tackle and guard an acceptable level. I don't know why they get in this. They got this. They got it in their head that he can play all three positions. Uh, I think we've seen him play the position before, and just snapping the ball was an issue for him. He doesn't have right. that much experience. He doesn't have a. I mean, he's, his snaps are errant. To me, like if he's starting, he's a turnover waiting to happen. You you have to worry about that. At least with Brendel, he can snap the ball. And you're more worried, like, can he block? But from what I've seen in, in training camp, it's not like Brunskill's any better at blocking. So 
I think Brendel will start if that's the only option, but I'm not looking at him being like, oh, yeah, that's definitely a starting center in the NFL. Yeah. He looks like a guy who is really struggling against a very good defensive line and probably is better suited to be the backup he's been his whole freaking career. Sorry. Fellow Bruin. Sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, listen, it is what it is. But, you know, I also think looking at Brunskill, because he can play both guard and center, yeah. I think it's better for the team that he probably is the backup because an injury probably happens at some point. And when it does, you know that you can trust Brunskill to come off the bench and at least hold it together, probably at either position. Not good enough to start, but hold it together. One thing that amazes me is that I feel like he's done at right guard. They're done with him. They have Burford there. They like Burford. I didn't know they like Burford. He looks pretty good, and I got to say he does look pretty good. He's had all the reps with the first team at right guard. It's like, wait, okay, so I didn't really understand what the Niners thought of their team coming into the offseason. A lot happened in that fourth quarter of the Rams game. Tart messed up. He's out. That's clear the Niners were done with him. But Brunskill also had a very tough fourth quarter. People you know, make fun of him saying he's Aaron Donald's daddy. Not in that fourth quarter, let me say. No, no. no, Aaron Donald really worked him. He And Jimmy Garoppolo was bad, and, and Kyle struggled, but Daniel Brunskill got worked. And um, maybe they were like, you know what? We have to get better at right guard because we have to actually match up with Aaron Donald maybe three times a year. So um, I <laughs> Brunskill's on the way. I feel like they're phasing him out is what I'm trying to say. But I, and I don't think any of us expected that. Like, okay, when we talked about the offensive line issues, because this has been a, a topic at hand for a, a long time in the Niner community, right? We've all had conversations about it. The assumption always was, okay, we know who the left tackle is. We know who the right tackle is. We know who's playing right guard. How good is Aaron Banks? And what do they do at center? Right? And so then they draft. Well, they sign West as a, as a free agent, you know, undrafted free agent. Like, okay, well, he's the backup. They're grooming him for the future. And then they get to camp and we're like, uh, Brunskill's playing center yeah. now. He's not the right guard. What they I don't think anybody draft expected two that. guards. They drafted two guards. Yeah. Zakel too, who I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write him off, but not yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I just I don't know. But but again, he's a rookie, he could totally change and grow and stuff, but whoa. Uh, whoa, he's six round pick though. What are you really expecting from Fordham? For sure. I think he's For probably sure. gonna look like a, he looks like a college player, really looks like a college player. Burford looks like a pro. Man, where'd they get that guy from? Might be their best <laughs> pick so far. Him, that's good. Although, that's actually, good. Drake Jackson, too, man. Drake Jackson is really good. <laughs> I just want to say that he's really, and I, I've kind of like been like, you know, he didn't feel a need. They could have got an offensive lineman. Yeah, but that dude's really good. You talk about uh, on paper, we don't really know what he's going to be yet, but I have a feeling that he's going to be – I was before I was looking up D. Ford's numbers that year in 2019. 11 games, six and a half sacks. I think, I think Drake Jackson could do better than that. I think he's going to be getting the third down reps immediately. And I think he's I mean, going to do really well. Really well. Imagine Bosa, Amenahu. Armstead and Jackson on third down no give him with respect. a secondary. That's that good. Oh my God. Yeah. No one's going to give him any respect. Here's another thing too, like what the Niners defense is doing. So they have all the pressure, all this pass rush. And instead of playing 10 yards off, they're playing all up in your face and they're sort of forcing low percentage throws. 
Because what's the point of having a pass rush if you're going to concede high percentage throws? Here, here's the five yard. Th- what's the point? They're going to take it because there's no point in holding the ball. But if you take those away, your options are really screwed. Like, and I think Lance understands that, and he's throwing a lot of low percentage throws. It's like, okay, well, I'll throw deep. Uh, what are my options? It's not like you're getting open in two seconds. So right. I'll hold it. I'll buy some time. I'll throw deep or. I'll just get the ball and throw deep right away. He's throwing a lot of deep passes. I feel like he's saying, I mean, if you can win a slant, fine, but you're not. Sorry. Even I, it's tough times. Well, if you remember last year, they had issues on third down, and it really started to show up during the Titans game. And then it showed up again in week 18 and then really lost them their season in the NFC Championship. They couldn't get off the field in third down and long. It was the weirdest thing. They would win easily on first and second down, put themselves in a great position in third down, and then just blow it. And now they're like, no, no, no. We're going to play press man. We're going to allow the pass rush to do its thing. We got guys that can play press man. Good luck trying to beat us because you're not going to have a lot of time. We're going to jam your receiver. We're going to give you even less time. And I think what you're going to see a lot this year is a lot of turnovers on third down because quarterbacks are going to try to force it in there and either get strip sacked or just throw a bad pass. I expect a lot of third down turnovers when it's third and long. I really do. Edgardo Rodriguez says if Verrett is healthy, him or Mosley for CB2. If Verrett's healthy, he's CB1. Sorry. You think so? He's that good. He is that good. Ward is good. Verrett is better. I mean – He's a top five corner in the league, one healthy. I don't really expect him to ever be that ever again. But in this theoretical world where 31-year-old Verrett makes a full recovery and plays like he did when he was 29, yes, that won't happen, though. I'm sorry. I'm not betting. I mean, I'm betting against you. Sorry. But I'm just That's saying, crazy. he's that good. Yeah, he's that good. Because you're uh, hearing so many good things about Mosley and Trey's award. No, yeah. Mosley's good, too. They got to get him in the slot if that happens. Dude, how you how do you say that? Scribe, I can't even do that. Scribe minds? Is it just scribe minds? Mind? The floor for Trey is year two McNabb, and McNabb used to miss passes into the dirt. Trey is accurate enough. If he were Josh Rosen or Kyle Bowler, we'd know by now. Top 10 quarterback barring injury. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's basically right. He's accurate enough for what he is, which is not a pocket quarterback. You know, he's good enough in the pocket. He's accurate enough. But what you want is the total package, and that's what he gives you. Yep, agree. The coach says, given his current status approximately a year ago, I got to give Aaron Banks his flowers. The young man has shown seriousness of the craft. He was given a tall task. So far, he's delivered. Great. He is completely earnest. And whatever the Niners tell him to do, he does. What I want to say, though, is I – so hold on. D'Amico was asked today about Kinlaw. And they're like, how's he doing? And he's like, oh, he looks great. I always – it's the same thing with him. He said, I always say to Javon Kinlaw, technique, 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 every time I see him. That was funny which to me means pad level, pad level, pad level. Because with Kinlaw, what I still see is is a guy who pops up and often is ended up like trying to knock down passes because he didn't get – if he could – like Armstead's taller than Kinlaw. Armstead has great pad level. Armstead's a freaking forklift. Kinlaw hasn't perfected that yet. Banks. Banks is a huge man. He's re- rebuilt his body. Great shape. Big dude. I don't know what the coaches saw. All I know is in one-on-ones, he went up against Alex Barrett, who's been doing a little defensive tackle. He's 250 pounds. He came in with a plan against Aaron Banks. He did it three times. He got underneath his pads and just bull rushed him back and put him on skates three times. 
Now, maybe Alex Barrett saw it on film or the offensive line coach or the defensive line coach saw it on film, but the word was out, hey, the guy the guy uh, pops up. You can get underneath him. He has no leverage. He has no anchor. So, Banks, that's technique. Just <laughs> working that pad level, baby, because you're a big guy. You need to be able to use that strength. You should not let 250-pound defensive ends walk you into the quarterback's lap like that. It's a bad look. Anyway. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the wor worry about him. I mean, I remember Croc talking about it. looked like he had two left feet last year, right? And so Ooh. he certainly did come in and and lose the weight. Looks good. He's back at his natural position. I have high hopes for Banks, but, yeah, he can't be getting walked back in the quarterback's lap by much smaller men. That's, that's That was cool. alarming. Meanwhile, you have uh, freaking um, Burford, like, anchoring. 22-year-old that you're expecting, oh, he's lanky, he's long, he's young. He's not going to be strong. He's going to get pushed around. Nope. He's good. Do you think Burford is better? Yep. I think Burford <laughs> is the Niners' best interior offensive lineman. I think he's so talented he might be able to play some tackle, and he might be one of the best stories at camp. Jalen Moore was not practicing today. I don't know what happened. Um, he wasn't even suited up. But this guy, Burford, is way better than Jalen Moore. Way better. Way better. Warner is playing out of position, though, too. I, I, Kyle Shanahan, after the draft, when they drafted Moore, said that he's going guard. to play guard. That's guard. the future. Guard he's done anything but that. It's extremely weird. It is because he's. I think we've seen enough of him at tackle. Preston says, "Really think Poe eventually contends for Banks' job?" Agree. I like Poe. Now <clears throat> he hasn't gone up against any starters yet, but he's beating people who are beating Brunskill. Brunskill's losing to everyone, which is never good. Um, Poe is so strong. He's little, but he's strong. He's athletic. He's like Shaq Mason. I think he could eventually be a starter too. I don't know if he'll be a starter this year, but he's got potential. He can really anchor. You, you can't get underneath his pads. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. Lower man always wins. That's, you know, he's the low man. Right now he says you can guarantee three players don't get hurt this season. Who do you pick? What? What? What are you talking about? What uh, parallel universe is this? Is this Madden? Who do they who do they most need to play every single game? Let's go. Let's go that route. Let's go Javon, that route. Javon, well, nose tackle. I can't say a nose tackle means that much. The quarterback, the defensive end, and Debo. I mean, that's the answer, right? Quarterback, the Bosa, and the that's it. That's what it is. I think Trent Williams. I think Trent Williams Trent has Williams. to be in there because the offensive line is shambles. If they don't have Trent Williams, let's take let's take Bosa out of it. Let's take the three guys in the offense, even though it's a defensive driven team. It is. That, that's correct. If they lose Debo, screwed. Lose Trey Williams, screwed. Lose Trey Lance, screwed. Yep. They lost Bosa and had a top five defense. They lost Bosa and shut down the number one offense in the league on the road for a half. You're right. Very interesting. Yeah. Offensive driven league. All right. Back to the show. <laughs> this one, I, ha I have to know. I have to know this because... So we just talked about it. Just talked about the pipe dream that I have. They, I, I won't say it's a pipe dream. This image that I have of this defense and how good it can be, right? This hope of how good it can be. Nickel corner is very important to that because if they ultimately want to go press man, cover one, which it seems like they've built this team to do so, I got to know, can the nickel corners hold up? And... More importantly, 
Cooper Cup is torching people <laughs> out of the slot. What the hell are they going to do at nickel corner? And can any of these guys hold up in man press man coverage? What's funny is um, this feels like the center position of the defense. I'm not sure they have a starter here. The difference is nickel doesn't play 100% of the snaps. It's become a position that plays like 60 to 70%. But this Niners defense, they I think they almost want to play base as much as possible. They may play more base than other teams because their linebackers are so fast, yada, yada, yada. Uh, okay, so here's, here's the situation. They started off with Darquez Denard as a starter. To me, he's never going to be the starter. It was like, let's not make a rookie fifth-round pick a starter right off the bat. Let's just give this to a vet just because. But he he's no longer. I mean, they're already rotating. Today it was Womack. And so I think it's probably going to be Womack. Um, and he might be good. I mean, he is athletic. He is gifted. But, I mean – he was getting worked by Jawan. Like Jawan Jennings can spin him around. I, I I don't know. I haven't seen anything from. I haven't seen Womack in one on ones lock anyone up. I haven't seen him do anything where I'm like, okay, like Burford. You can see it. You can see him in one on ones. Yeah. Be like, wow, I did not expect him to do that. Well, he's winning. I haven't seen Womack win like that. And I have seen Womack get turned around. I've seen lose. I've seen him uh, get flagged. So I think it's either him or bust at this point because Lenore. He actually is having a decent camp. Lenore's having a decent camp, and they can always move him back to the slot, but he's been playing outside the whole time, so I, I don't know what the plan is. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think, yeah, it could be. And then if Ferret's healthy, could it, I mean, it could be mostly still, right? We have talked about that. Who knows? But it's important because if, if you can't get it together at that one position, that could be, that could be the backbreaker right there, right? Like, if yeah. you're continually getting torched up the middle on third downs, that's that's something that that has to be monitored as well. Now they certainly they certainly can allow like a Fred Warner to roam the middle and help out. He he has the skill set to do that, as does Jimmy Ward. So you know maybe that's the route they take. But that's I'm interested to see how that plays out and and who gets that job. Yeah, I mean if you think about it, like the Niners' offense isn't game planning right now. But if you were going to game plan against this Niners defense, which is excellent and lacking weaknesses, you, I mean, the whole game plan is centered around getting your best receiver in slot. That's what it all is. And if Mosley and Ward aren't going to travel with them there, great. That's the best thing you, that could ever happen. So yeah. it doesn't mean you'll beat the Niners, but that's what your job is to get DeAndre Hopkins in the slot, Cooper Cup in the slot, DK Metcalf in the slot. Dictate the matchup. And if the Niners are going to really keep their guys outside and, and line up with Sam Womack, thank you. And they'll maybe they'll try it, but if it doesn't work, D'Amico's smart. He'll figure something out. I mean, he figured it out by about week eight, week nine last year. I think he'll do that again this year. He probably will. Kyle, that's another question. I don't know. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle's less decisive. Yeah, less decisive. I, I listen, I, I think – I think D'Amico Ryans has shown that he's pretty damn good when facing yep. adversity. He'll we'll he'll get it, it under control. So that's that's nothing to remember. Whatever he goes with week one isn't necessarily what he'll uh, settle on by the end of the season because it's all an experiment, and you don't necessarily get the answers in practice. You know, you get some glimpses. He did a great job, by the way, at just adjusting. I mean, overall, week in and week out, he came up with different game plans every single week to make it work 
which is something that I felt like Sala really lacked in. Like Sala was really good at running what he ran, but if somebody else threw something at him, he wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think hold the phone. Okay. I know you're a solid guy. I think that was, I am a solid guy. Sala has has accomplished a lot. He's a head coach. And I think what you could say about what you just said about Sala was absolutely true in 20 up to through 2019. But I think in 2020, he grew. And I think that's the, that's the season that got him hired as a head coach because he lost Bosa and he was not just rushing four all year and playing cover three. I mean, he had to really remake his, I mean, he had to go against his core philosophies just to survive. And he's still at a top five defense. D'Amico probably could do that too, but I wouldn't just be like, Hey, yo, Robert, no, I didn't say, you didn't say that. I'm just, I got my boys. That's my boy. That's my he boy. is your boy, but, but D'Amico, the difference is D'Amico did it right away. And I can also say this. I don't know how many times I saw the middle linebackers or two linebackers line up in the A gap. And almost every single time they would drop back in coverage and saw his defense. It's like, oh, here they go. They're going to show blitz and drop back in coverage. We know it. But with Sala, I mean, excuse me, with Ryan's, like that Sala's is not the case. I like Sala's blitz package. That is not the case. He had Buckner. What he used to do, what he used to do was put Buckner in the A gap. And that would, uh, so he, he would think is, okay, if I put Buckner in the A gap, then I know which way the center is going to slide. You can't slide away from DeForest Buckner. He's DeForest Buckner. And so now I can really build my blitz packages with certainty. Because if you don't know which way the center is going, it's kind of tough to know. What you're trying to do is get like an overload, right? Four on three. Right. So Buckner would allow him to do that. He was clever with that stuff. Salo's. It's, all, it's, all, it's, not, it's, not, it's not about it. That's, that's New York's problem. With, with D'Amico, what I want to say with him is that every adjustment he made last year worked. Every adjustment he sure. made was the right one. And, you know, he was deliberate with it. He didn't just wildly go back and forth. He thought about it. He saw the problem. Whenever he had a solution, it was the right one. It took him a while to get Armstead to defensive tackle, but uh, Salah never got there. And I was telling him. I was like, Robert, what are you doing? He's not a defensive end. He can't contain mobile quarterbacks. He's, he's a liability out there. What are you doing? Wouldn't listen. <laughs> he is listening. He is listening. Man, it's tough Amico's when I'm good, right Salah's wrong. It's like, you know, but that's why I'm quality control. You know, sometimes you got to listen. <laughs> All right. Last question. I'll Actually, ask you. I have two questions. No, no, no. I This one is important to me because right. I've heard you say on so many levels that Alden Smith is the best player you've ever seen in practice on defense. Like, he would just... There would be days where the offense could do nothing because Alden Smith was just like, I'm going to show up today. Good yeah. luck practicing. And so if that is the case and you saw them both, and I know that you, I may be wrong, but I swear I've heard you say that Alden Smith, you've been asked this question in the past. Mm. Alden, it's Alden, like this guy's incredible. But it sounds like Bosa is starting to really cause some of that same havoc. Like mm. he's, He's like, listen, you're not going to be able to practice today. I'm I'm after the quarterback every single snap. Do you feel like at least in practice that Bosa's starting to reach that Alden level where it's like, man, this guy's just he's on a different level now. He's on a different level. He's better than Alden. He's better than Alden ever was. He he is. I, I could say that. Alden, look, Alden was more gifted than Bosa. The first practice Alden ever had, he had he put the fear of God into Joe Staley. I saw it in his eyes. And it's because Alden, I mean, he's very strong. He's very fast, but he has these crazy long arms. 
and he's fluid, but like Joe couldn't get his hands on Alden. Bosa doesn't have that. Bosa isn't as tall as Alden. He's not as long as Alden. He's not as, I mean, Drake Jackson is more physically gifted than Nick Bosa. Taller, better bend. What makes Bosa so special is how hard he works. I mean, Alden didn't have that. Kidding? Like Alden never really improved. Alden was great, but Alden's career fell in sham. And, it, you know, it's not all his fault. Um, but look, Bosa's a freaking machine and he's gotten better despite lots of serious injuries. So, I mean, Bosa, Alden was not as serious of an athlete. He was not as serious of a professional. He wasn't as good. Sorry. Bosa's better. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's Bosa's crazy. Better. Just because, like I said, I mean, from a freakish standpoint and seeing him in practice, I mean, you're not the only one that's talked about Alden Smith and the things he would do. So to say that Bosa's like doing that though. now. I mean, like Alden, like theoretically, allegedly could stay up all night partying, show up to practice the next day and dominate. You know, like Bosa doesn't yeah. even try to do that. I don't think it's different. Yeah. It's yeah. different. I get it. Yeah. I get it. No, I totally get it. Uh, All you right. have to have a crazy amount of natural ability to even try to pull that off. And Alden did. He might yeah. be the most naturally gifted edge rusher of all time. Just the, the combination of speed, power, fluidity, and length. I mean, I don't know who else had that. But he didn't have, apparently what Bosa has, this kind of drive. That's everyone in the Niners is like, man, this, I've never seen any player so obsessed with being the best. Like this guy. I don't know that Alden was obsessed with being the best like this. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, he wasn't clearly like he got out of the league because of that yeah. multiple times. Right. One last question for you. There's a lot of drop passes being oh, recorded. Yeah. A lot of drop passes. So this was an issue last year with Lance as well. A lot of drop passes. And at least from what I'm seeing in the clips that are coming out now, again, these are the best of the best. But it seems like Lance is throwing a pretty decent ball, a much better ball than he did last year. So why the drop passes? Is it still a Lance thing? Is it is it a receiver thing? Like, is this just the way that it's going to be? Like, what are your thoughts? I have to go through them all to give it. I have to look at the film. Um, today, it was uh, a ball hit Elijah Mitchell in the chest between the numbers. He clanked it. It's a running back. He didn't throw it too hard. It's that play, you know, that play where the running back lines up all the way outside, and then he like runs a slant underneath a bunch of blockers. He's been running it for five years. It was that play, he dropped it. The other drop was a was like a feathery deep pass that was lofted and hit Debo in the hands. Like he didn't that wasn't a missile. That was just another drop. So it's probably there have been some like sometimes what makes Lance's passes tough is like at least in this camp, is he'll throw like the placement will be a little bit off. So you look like the other day there was a sprint right option to Jennings and Jennings was open, but the pass was a little behind him. And so Jennings turned to catch it and ball, someone slapped it out of his hands. Mm. And it's like, you yeah, catch the ball. But at the same time, if you throw it out in front of him, it's a, that doesn't happen. So there's a little bit of like, and I can make these catches. No problem. He, he can make the, the spinning acrobatic catch, but not everyone can. And uh, that's a little bit, it's been more, I guess, a placement thing. Um, when it's on Lance, not a velocity thing, but a lot of them have just been straight up drops. It's, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't say this is necessarily a Lance thing. It's like a wide receiver catch the damn ball thing. Most, most of the time. Do you feel like Lance in the short and intermediate is starting to learn touch? Like last year it was like, everything was, I'm going to throw it as hard yes, as I can. No absolutely. Matter what. I would say so. Okay. Yeah. He's definitely throwing less hard now. I absolutely, I would say so. 
And I again, I, his accuracy and touchdown the field is surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Everyone said that was what Justin Fields did well, and that Lance doesn't do that well. But he's a great. He wants to throw down the field. He's good at it. Might be better at it than throwing in. You know, short. Like I, I might feel more comfortable about him throwing the fade up the sideline than the swing pass in the flat. Honestly, like today, his worst throw today was an airmail of Jamichael Hasty in the flat. That's the kind of stuff with with Lance. I'm like, man, come on, man. You gotta hit those. You gotta get the layups too. I mean, I love that you can hit the threes. I want the threes, but you gotta have a layup in your game too. Steph Curry can hit the layup with both hands. Yeah. Come on, it's a layup. Yeah. That's my <laughs> thing with Lance, and I think that's yeah. probably uh, Kyle's lead too. That's the one that really pisses you off as a coach. Like, that's easy. Come on, man. Don't alarm me like that. Hit that. I think it. I think it's fair. I mean, I think yeah. that. I mean, that's something that Lance gonna have to work on. I mean mechanically he just doesn't have that like hey i'm gonna take it even if my fingers aren't on the laces and i'm just gonna fire it out there quick like, that's just not in his game nah. right now nah so. but that he can he can develop it Whew, it's been a really long show it, it is fun. one of our longer shows we're usually around 45 minutes it's a yeah. long show it's like a double anyway a lot of fun niners are off tomorrow but they have uh their position coaches talking which they had them few weeks ago but now there's actually stuff to talk about so we'll get brian greasy on trey which will be interesting um we'll get uh chris forrester on burford which will be very interesting see uh i'll be posting those videos tomorrow and i'll be going live i think with crocker at some point i've talked to him though probably should communicate communication well he's uh i know friday he's gonna be at training camp so he might be traveling tomorrow that, see, we have a communicator. It's a communication issue. <laughs> I learned that from Debo. Debo learned that from Parag Marate or John yeah, Lynch. I don't know. <laughs> Jesse, thanks a lot. Absolutely, man. And hold on. All the people I miss, I miss super chats. Hold on. I'm, I'm going yeah, back. You gotta get through. Go going ahead. back. I see a member. Uh, I see some things. Anthony, thank you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Kev, which is a lot best for tailgating? Blue lot one. I don't even know what they're named. I don't tailgate. Do I look like a guy who freaking tailgates? I don't know. <laughs> Is it? Have you been to a game and tailgated at Great America? I I haven't. No, I couldn't no. tell you. Voice ad agency. Man, I missed a bunch of them. Do we have some weight coach? The same weight coach, the hockey dude. Yeah, the hockey dude, Ben Peterson. He's still there. He wears like shades and he tries to. He's got like a poker face. He's always got this like real serious face. I'm just saying. <laughs> Can Verrett play nickel? It would be nice if he could because of the limited reps. Can he play anything? Can he play football anymore? That's the question. Can he play nickel? I feel like Mosley can. Mosley can, I think. I don't know if Verrett can. He his he has the frame to play nickel, but I just don't know if he has the technique to do so. I think Mosley can. Mike Downey, we definitely answered this question. Yes. I think we're good. For sure we did. 100%. I think we're good. Uh, all right. Thanks for the show. I mean, thanks for watching. Thanks for being here. Bryant, what's a bigger problem, Trey, INT, or the drops? Um, The biggest problem is neither. The biggest problem is the uh, pass protection. Protecting them, yeah. Yeah. So, otherwise, every play is going to be off script. But, again, remember, this is a team that's going to run more than they throw. They're not game planning right now. A lot of their throws are going to be off the run. That's not a factor right now. Like the offense should, it's been bad. Let's put it that way. Ayuk's been good. The offense has been bad. The offense should be good this year. Debo's coming around. 
Double B Studios says, look how I know what happened with Debo. The QB changes what happened. He loved last year so much. He didn't want it to stop. No, nah, he wanted his Oompa Loompa now. He pulled a Veruca Salt. That's all that happened. It's hard to see an all-pro wide receiver pull a Veruca Salt, but maybe he just had a low blood sugar moment and needed a Snickers. I don't know. <laughs> I want it, and I want it now. I want it now. <laughs> Nobody business like that, but you're going to get it. I promise. I, I pinky swear. I think Kyle and John had to pinky swear. They may have pinky swear. I don't know. I'll have to double check. The show is over. Thanks for watching. Goodbye.